0: With the conviction of Jennifer Crumley on four counts of involuntary manslaughter, now there are some bigger questions to tackle. The questions really now center on what impact this verdict will have on cases of parental responsibility, and it's always a great topic. We welcome in Todd Flood, managing partner of Flood Law. Todd, we're so glad you could uh, join us once again to talk about this really important case that clearly has started a lot of conversations in this country.
1: For sure. Thanks for having me.
0: So, Todd, some experts have said that this case really will not open the door to other parental convictions. What are your thoughts on this?
1: So, I think that the case of a parent responsibility has been tried before um, and uh, on an individual basis. So, for example, where a parent is left a gun unsecured
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, in the uh, house with a minor uh, or uh, a parent given a car to one of their kids that uh, was not, uh, not able to drive, didn't have the, the license to drive, but told them to drive anyway. Uh, the parent was held accountable. It's the reasonable, foreseeable acts that can happen down the road, right? So I don't think it – I think the precedence has already been there. I think Karen McDonald did the right thing in in the sense of she followed these facts and looked at the law, applied the facts to the law, and uh, that's why I believe the defendant was found guilty. Um, I mean think about it. If you and I were sitting in that principal's office and we had this child that just drafted this picture of a gun we just bought him for Christmas and blood everywhere, the thoughts don't stop someone shot you think a reasonable parent just with ordinary care that's the the buzz term ordinary care would make a phone call and say we're calling in sick today boss we got to take our son to the hospital or to see if he's okay right we'd find out where the gun is we'd tell the principal we did buy him a gun for uh, for christmas and it does look like this one you know so i just think this is it's not extraordinary behavior it's reasonable behavior as a mom and a dad. And yeah. this defendant gave it all up.
0: Yeah, but, uh, you know, you you make that case about the parents mentioning the gun while they were in that meeting. I, I think that they knew that they were probably, they probably should not have bought him that gun, right? So why would they admit to something like that while they were s- sitting there in front of the the, the school official?
1: Say time out. I need to talk to my son alone. <laughs> I then you find ask. Out where the, yeah, yeah, then yeah. you asked, right? I, I mean they knew, so I I don't I think being a parent, you know, to the extent of just using honest reasonable behaviors, it, it doesn't mean that kids aren't going to lie. It doesn't mean that parents aren't going to I I tell this all the time. Parents teach kids how to lie. We we don't as parents uh disclose you know, when we have a financial issue or there's something upset, we we cover them from that. But kids know, kids hear it upstairs when mom and dad are going, you know, in a disgruntlement. I I think, and they then in turn also may do, you know, not tell the truth. We have all had teenagers where they cover things up, but this is common sense stuff. Mm. I think, Marie, the biggest issue in our country right now, we have to first admit there's a problem. There's a problem one with mental health, right? We have to face that issue. This kid, this shooter, can anyone say with a straight face he wasn't spiraling out of control? He didn't have mental issues? It didn't take a rocket scientist. We're all, you know, we're not psychiatrists by trade, but we can all see it, right? There's some disturbances here. So we need to address that. Um, And those resources, Uh, because there's not if you don't have money or you go to the ER, you're sitting in the ER forever. But we have to have something in place and we have to address that issue. If you look at all the mass shootings that have taken place in the country, we can spot usually one common denominator. There is a mental disturbance going on with that particular defendant and the ugly acts that take place. um, I think we we treat them oftentimes remedial as opposed to being proactive. So I think this case was fact-driven. I think the fact that Karen McDonald looked at this and saw what was going on, um, how many red lights or how many red sirens have to, do we have to go through, you know, as a parent, this lady went through, this mother went through,
0: Uh, okay, but uh, so you're saying that you think this type of conviction then will are putting parents maybe on notice that you have to be uh, aware of your child's mental health and obviously get them help help when they need it. But there have been cases like this time and time and time again, repeatedly, and two of them just came to my mind as you were talking. One of them was Sandy Hook, the, the perpetrator there. Had clear mental health issues, and the mother, who by the way was very well educated, and uh, uh, you know very well connected in her community, bought him several guns and brought him to the range to target shoot. By the way, she was his first victim on that day that he killed all those children at Sandy Hook. Um, marjorie St- uh, Stoneman Douglas, that case, the 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 perpetrator there. I know that he was um, in a foster situation or an adoptive home. I can't remember exactly what was happening there, but clearly he had mental health issues. Other students in the school said he had mental health issues and nothing was done there. The parents there weren't tried or the foster parents or the system that they were not tried there. So is this really going to make any difference at all?
1: So you're asking a bigger question of whether or not we live, live in a duplicitous society where right. you know, one prosecutor is uh, prosecuting the case and another prosecutor is not
0: prosecuting Right. The case.
1: You know, individual uh, prosecutors are going to make decisions um, all the time on whether or not, you know, philosophically they believe in one way or the other of trying this this uh, uh, case or charging this case. Um, you, you know, I I can't answer what went into the calculus of why the prosecutor didn't go after or didn't look into or de- do a deep dive, uh, into some other, uh, some of those cases. But I can tell you in Michigan, uh, I, well, let's just go with Virginia. Uh, last year, uh, mother was charged because the six year old took a gun in and shot right. the teacher then killed right. the teacher, but, uh, wounded the teacher. Uh, the, I think the mob got two years in prison. So I, you know, Gross negligence, if you act in a gross negligent way, can you possibly think that it's unreasonable for something bad to happen if you took a gun and gave it to someone that was mentally disturbed or in a dark place? I think that would be foolish, right? It's more than reasonable to believe something bad would happen. And that's the standard. Is it foreseeable? So – ask yourself a question. Do you have a duty as a parent? The law says, yes, you do. You have a duty. Now, what is your duty? You know
0: what, Todd? We are running out of time. We're going to have to figure out what is that duty on our own. Thank you so much again for talking to us today. We really appreciate it. Todd Flood, managing partner at Flood Law. We'll continue here on Focus. Stay with us.